Hey everybody, welcome back to the Conversion Everyday Podcast, episode 17. Today's episode is primarily about Louisiana, one of my favorite places in the entire world, and it holds a very special place in my heart, even though I've only spent like seven days there. (laughs) So let me explain why. Um, Last year, around August, uh, it was either like middle of August or end of August, um, I got a text from my uncle. And what it said was basically like, you know, or, or maybe he called me, but he basically said, you know, like, hey, um, there's a hurricane that just slammed uh, Louisiana and it's going to continue to kind of hit Louisiana for the next few days. Do you want to leave in two hours and drive to Louisiana and do hurricane cleanup for a week? And I was like, you know, at first I was kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a job that I need to, you know, be here for. And I I didn't really like the idea of going, you know, 3,000 miles from home and helping somewhere that was basically a disaster zone. It was a disaster zone. So I told him, I was like, you know, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. So I kind of like stuttered. I was sitting there. I texted my boss. Um, I talked to my mom about it. And my mom was kind of like, you know what? No, I think that'd be good for you. You know, like if you can make it work, I think that'd be super cool. Um, you could practice, you know, you know, just some of the anxiety that you're feeling like working through that. And you'll be with people that love you and support you. Like, so it'll be a really good experience, you know, to kind of prepare you, you know, for the rest, like the rest of your life. And, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's valid. So I texted my boss and I know that there's probably a part of me that was hoping that he would say like, no, no, sorry, you can't, I need you to work. And my job was remote at the time. It still is, but I was at a different company and he replied and he was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, He had ties to New Orleans And he was basically like, yeah, like, I think that would be awesome. And we can totally make that work for you. So shout out to my old employer. Um, They gave me a week off and it was fully paid and I was able to go do hurricane cleanup. So that was awesome on their part. Um, Second of all, my uncle obviously provided this opportunity to me. And that was one of the coolest things that's ever happened in my life. So anyways, we packed up, we left like probably, it wasn't two hours, but it was probably like four hours after I received that initial call and text. And I remember we got in the car, I packed up really quick, I got work clothes, I got, you know, like kind of some shorts and stuff. And um, we jumped in the car, well, his truck, and we drove away. We made a couple stops on the way to pick up gear, chainsaws, tarps, um, to heal, to basically fix people's roofs. And, um, we loaded up and we started the 27, 28 hour drive to Louisiana. And where we ended up was Lake Charles. That was where we were primarily doing work. And also in Westlake, Louisiana, we went down to Cameron along the coast, which was um, basically completely flooded, you know, through Westlake and Lake Charles, there was water everywhere and houses were destroyed. But like Cameron, it was like, there was nothing left. It was just water, water, water. Like even the high school there was like shredded. Um, so anyways, we went through this entire trip and I learned so much and I felt like I grew so much on this trip because I learned how to basically forget myself and forget the things that were important to me and to go out and serve my, you know, brothers and sisters in the gospel and to go out and try and help people that had been through a ridiculously hard time. So we spent every day, you know, we'd wake up around probably eight, you know, and um, then we would work until probably about 6 p.m. every single day. And then we'd go get dinner. We would, um, 
and actually we were probably working until later than that. Thinking about it now, I feel like we were probably eating around 8.30 or 9 every day. But anyway, so we would be up around 8. We would drive from Orange, Texas, where we were staying, all the way into Lake Charles and Westlake and wherever we were ser- like helping serve those days. And I remember um, just at the end of every single day, just being exhausted. But it wasn't the type of exhausted that you don't want to wake up and work the next day. It was the type of exhausted that you just feel so fulfilled. Um, and just seeing that desperation and seeing that struggle and seeing that, you know, heartbreak in Louisiana completely changed my perspective on work. It completely changed my perspective on life. And it gave me a sense of gratitude for living in a place that is safe from, you know, hurricanes and from tornadoes and things like that. We learned that this hurricane was so bad that um, it basically uh, changed the direction of, I can't remember what river it was, but it's the main river that flew, that uh, flows through Lake Charles um, in that surrounding area, but it changed the direction of the river for like 24 hours, which was crazy. And um, I might not be getting these stats exactly right, but this is what we heard from people there. Change the direction of the river. We also learned that there are these little mini tornadoes that come in during hurricanes and just wreak havoc. And they just come in and they just basically tear up everything. And they're just these, they form super fast. They come through, they tear things up, they disappear. So it's not like the big ones you see, but it's like a lot faster, um, similar amounts of damage. um, And it's just more in a concentrated area, if that makes sense. So we went through this whole trip, just, you know, bonding, learning, growing, helping, you know, a couple of the wards that were there, helping members, helping people we didn't even know. And we come to the end of the trip. And I remember that we were sitting, um, we were sitting kind of at the place that we were staying, just talking. And um, my uncle came up to us and was like, hey, like, we could possibly go do a boar hunt on the way home. um, Because all of us were pretty big into hunting and we enjoy that. And, you know, all of us kind of jumped at it. We were like, yeah, that would be so cool. Like, I would enjoy that so much. And he was like, okay, like, yeah. So I was like, awesome. I remember that night we were watching the Jazz play the Nuggets in game seven of that bubble series where the Jazz ended up losing at the buzzer. Conley's shot went in and out. So I was already like kind of in a bad mood, you know, like I had watched my team lose and I was kind of like, man, this sucks. Um, like, why did the season have to end this way? And I was also forever away from, you know, home and I was forever away from my family and I was like, man, like I, I would love it. Boar hunt, go home. That's it, you know? And I remember they went to go grocery shopping, my uncle and my grandpa, and they came back and they're like, hey, we thought about it and we talked, but you know, we're here to do service. That's why we came out here. So we don't really, you know, think it's the best idea to sacrifice a whole day of working that we could be serving and helping others to go hunting. So I remember, um, and they, and they were like, yeah, you know, like, you know, let us know what you think. And Obviously, like me and um, the other people in our group, we kind of just were like, yeah, like, you know, that's why we're here, even if it's not the most preferable thing. And even if we were excited to do that, you know, like, I agree, you know, like that, that makes sense. We can do this. I can dig in for another day. So we woke up the next morning and we we had come to this kind of conclusion where it was like, you know, we're going to go work today and then we'll head home tomorrow. And then about halfway through the day or around lunchtime, I remember my uncle was like, hey, let's let's bust out like one more neighborhood. You know, let's find one more group of people we can help. And then let's go do that boar hunt. You know, I think that it's it's okay if we go do both. And 
I remember we were driving through and we were driving through um, kind of these little backwoods um, in Louisiana, just kind of through this little forest. Um, Louisiana is gorgeous, by the way. You know, you have the, the coastal view and then you have a view that literally looks like you're driving through a forest everywhere you go. And it is marshy, swampy, so cool. We saw a lot of snakes, a lot of alligators while we were there. We tried to um, touch an alligator. That didn't work out. Um, none of us were able to get close enough and we all got scared. So I, I would not recommend that FYI. Um, but anyways, we're driving back through and, you know, we kind of talked about that and all of us were like, yeah, that sounds good. Like that sounds fun. And my uncle was like, okay, let's, let's say a prayer that we can find one more group of people that we can help like immensely, like a lot. And I remember he turned to me and he was like, you know, Tyler, would you, would you offer it? Like, would you say it? And I was kind of like, you know, in my head, I'm thinking like, why is he asking me? Like, you know, at this point I hadn't really turned around my life that much. You know, I was like going to church a little bit with my family, you know, um, I would, I would pray occasionally, but you know, this is, this is, you know, the middle slash end of 2020 where I'm kind of in the, the middle of my phase of just not caring and not working, you know? So I remember just kind of like blankly thinking for like probably two or three seconds before I answered, you know, which felt like a lifetime, you know, cause in my head I'm contemplating like, you know, am I the one that should be saying this? You know, like there's other people in the car that are probably a lot more in tune with the spirit and with God and that he might listen better to them because they actually care about their relationship with him, you know? And, you know, I eventually was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And I, I offered a super simple prayer, you know, it was probably the most sincere and simple prayer I had offered in a really long time. Um, but it basically just said, you know, like, please help find someone that we can bless and impact their life before we go on this boar hunt and before we head home. You know, we had another 27 hour drive. We wanted to go boar hunting. So it was like, you know, let's find one more fulfilling thing where we can make an impact and change someone's life. So we pulled up to this little town called Westlake, Louisiana, super pretty little town. Um, one of the distinct things I remember about it is there was like, there's water towers all over like these big, like giant ones. And where we were helping was like right around that. And I think it was also right around like this factory, you know, so kind of this, this super um, tight knit neighborhood. And we pulled into this neighborhood and I think that it was the first neighborhood that we had pulled into after we prayed, you know, we were driving on these back roads and next thing you know, we pulled into this neighborhood. And the main reason we pulled into the neighborhood was to take pictures. You know, we pulled into this neighborhood to take pictures of, you know, the wreckage and the damage and that was pretty much it. You know, I don't think that any of us necessarily had the attention, the intentions to help anybody there. And it's not like we even saw anybody there at first, you know, we pulled in and we we're just taking pictures and, um, we proceeded to, you know, take some pictures. And all of a sudden we like heard this, this knock at the window of the truck. And it was like, and I was like thinking like, oh man, someone's going to yell at us for taking pictures. They're going to be like, we've already been through enough. Like, will you please just leave? Like, that's totally what I thought was going to happen. You know, and if they would have said that, that would have been within their, within reason, you know, and we would have been like, yeah, like, sorry, we, we understand, we'll go. Um, cause obviously everybody's going through this crazy time. And, um, she was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? And, you know, we were like, yeah, we're, we were just taking some pictures of the wreckage. It's crazy. Like this is insane. And she was like, that's my house right there. And she pointed and her house was basically in shambles. You know, it had been completely moved from its foundation. The front steps to her porch were about 
probably 10 to 15 feet from the house. Um, the, the picture of this episode, you're going to be able to see kind of what the wreckage looked like. Um, and it's, you know, our good friends sitting on those steps away from her house. Um, but, you know, we were like, oh my goodness. And, you know, we were empathizing with her and kind of mourning with her. And um, I believe it was my uncle. Um, he was like, can we help you at all? Like, is there anything that we can do for you? And she was like, well, yeah. And I, I mean, she kind of, she kind of expressed, you know, like, yeah, but I don't know if like we can, you know, like if that's a good idea, like, I don't know if we, you know, necessarily need it. And like, you know, I think that she was like wondering if maybe we charged some type of fee, but we were like, no, like we're, we're here to serve, like we're here to help free of charge. And she was like, oh my goodness, like, are you serious? And like, just the surprise and the relief, you know, and she said, you know, like I, I prayed, you know, to God that some, some type of miracle would happen, that someone would come and help us. So we proceeded to park the truck and we got out and we proceeded to help them for probably the next two, two and a half hours straight. And we put tarf, tarps on the roof and several people on the block's roof. They were all family that lived by each other. And on top of that, I was able to like basically open a window because the because her house was basically off of the foundation, but it still was intact in some places. Some places the house was like completely busted, other places like it was still partially intact. So I was able to like open up this window on the backside of the house, shimmy through the window, get inside, and go and bust open the front door um, because the front door had been like lodged shut from the wind and from the water, you know, it had been sealed by mother nature. And I was able to bust it open and we were able to go through the next um, probably 45 minutes or so, like saving things from her house, like just things that she needed to keep and wanted to keep. And we were able to give them waters. We were able to put tarps on their house. And most importantly, and I truly believe this, the most important thing is we were able to show them that someone cared and that someone was there for them in their time of need. And not only that, we were able to show them that God does answer your prayers maybe not exactly how we want, maybe not in that exact moment, but God does absolutely answer our prayers. And I'm glad that we could be instruments in the Lord's hands in that occasion. I remember as we were helping her, you know, we were helping bring things from out of her house and it was a very like somber moment, you know, just very like heart-wrenching to see the damage, but also so spiritual to see that this woman had prayed in faith that a miracle would happen and we were able to help in that aspect. And as we were helping move things from her house and as we were helping her um, save what was left of their prized possessions and food and water, whatever that may be, you know, she was just whispering, whispering under her breath, you know, like, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, you know, and she was, you know, basically thanking, you know, Jesus and in the Lord, just thank you so much, you know. I look back on this experience and I learned a couple things, you know, a couple things that impacted my life for good, you know, is one, you know, she prayed in faith um, that there would be a miracle and there was a miracle. Second of all, I prayed with not very much faith and with very, you know, high hopes, but a lot of worry. You know, I had a lot of worry that, you know, my prayer was not going to be answered and that I was not good enough to be offering that prayer. And in that moment, I recognized that the Lord was mindful of me, even though I wasn't being who I needed to be, even though I wasn't perfect, the Lord was mindful of me and where I was at and what we were out there doing. And it was a big testimony builder to me knowing that he answered our prayers, you know, as a group. 
but I was able to offer that prayer. And it was so spiritual to me. I remember calling my family like while we were still helping, like getting ready to pack up the truck and just telling them the story and being like, I can't believe it. Like this is the most amazing experience I've ever had with prayer. I don't think I've ever had an experience like this before, you know? So I look back on that trip and it, it just blows my mind that all of that happened, you know, and that happened exactly how it was supposed to. It just makes me feel so special and loved by the Lord, you know, that he's mindful enough of me to give us that blessing. So that's, that's one of the biggest stories from Louisiana. I could tell stories all day. You know, I could, I could tell stories about Cameron and just seeing, you know, just literally the foundation of houses. You know, you could see the concrete, you could see where the house once stood, but the house was not there anymore. You know, I could post a million pictures and I could tell a million stories, but that story was the one that stuck out the most to me. That story is the one that changed my life. But I'm, if you ever have any more questions about my trip, about Louisiana, want to see more pictures, whatever it may be, I will gladly show you a gazillion more because it was one of the most humble, humbling and sacred experiences for me. So, you know, if my, if my uncle is listening to this right now and his family, I, again, I can't thank you enough for that opportunity and the opportunity to, you know, not only go on that trip with you, but, you know, whether or not you, you know it, you know, that question of, hey, Tyler, will you offer that prayer? You know, that's what I needed to help strengthen my testimony. So the fact that you asked me that, you know, it, it definitely means a lot to me and shows kind of how in tune with the spirit you are. But anyways, Louisiana, one of the best places, one of my most favorite places in the world. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, as I've been waiting to get my call, that's, that's the other update that I should give you guys. Um, I got my mission email today. I logged in and it's there, which means my call is totally going to come on Tuesday from everything I've heard from everyone. Um, it's, it's set up. So that's so awesome. My call is going to be here Tuesday. I know where I'm going to be dedicating my life and my time and my efforts and my energy for the next two years. I know where the Lord, ne- I, I don't know where the Lord needs me yet, but someone knows and I will know Tuesday where that is. And I think that's going to help so much in my, pre- my preparation and my anxiety and everything. But anyways, as I've gone through this process, um, that's where I was kind of headed with this thought. As I've gone through this process, I've, I've explained that it's been kind of an anxious time. You know, it's been a time of not feeling like I'm good enough. It's been a time of not feeling like I've done enough to obtain forgiveness. It's been a time feeling like I'm a fraud. And I found a couple things today and it was one after the other. And I feel like I've been having some experiences like this lately. Um, and I was on Facebook and I was looking at people's stories. And one of the first ones that I saw said, it's Mosiah eighteen twenty six, And I read this probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I don't know how I don't remember this verse, but it says, and the priests were not to depend upon the people for their support, but for their labor, they were to receive the grace of God that they might wax strong in the spirit, having the knowledge of God that they might teach with power and authority from God. So it basically says, you know, for their labor, they were to receive the grace of God. So when you're laboring and you're, you're bringing to pass righteousness, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to obtain that grace and that, um, you know, that spirit and the knowledge of God, you know, and then that they can teach with the power and authority of God. So I thought that was so cool. Then I clicked to the next one. And I think that this one was from the church's actual account on Facebook, but I know that it's for sure a story on churchofjesuschrist.org. But 
Basically, what it says is many of you face hardships and personal trials that can sometimes be overwhelming. You have probably looked at your own circumstances and at some of the conditions in your family or the problems among nations around the world and wondered, how can I make it through this maze of challenges? One answer may surprise you. Seek to build up Zion. Two verses in a row that I read today. Um, and, and it wasn't even verse, sorry, the first one was a verse. The second one was, you know, in a, in a little bit from an article from the church. But both of them were saying, you know, labor, build up Zion, work. And that kind of had me realize, you know, like my anxiety might be, you know, through the roof as I'm waiting for my call and as I'm waiting for, you know, my assignment and finding out where I'm going to serve and how I need to prepare. But I realized, you know, as, as I continue to labor and do God's work and, you know, do God's work before my mission, like I'm going to feel that spirit. And as I continue to seek to build up Zion, I'm going to feel that peace and comfort and mercy. So that was something that was super beneficial for me to hear. And that was something that, you know, I pray for, you know, I pray for miracles that I can see ways that, you know, my anxiety will go away and that I'll feel good about, you know, where I'm headed and the trajectory that I'm on. And it's little things like that that are just kind of testaments to me, you know, it's just in a row. If I would have read either one of those, you know, it would have been probably like, oh, that's cool. But the fact that I read both of them and both of them were talking about laboring and being able to feel peace and teach with the spirit, you know, and building up Zion will help you navigate the mazes and challenges of your life. Like that was huge for me, just knowing that both of those were in a row. It was kind of like the Lord needed me to hear that today. So those are some experiences that I felt, um, you know, I, I'm going to be working on that as well, um, is trying to build up Zion to kind of feel that peace of mind and that strength on my end. And, you know, I would say do the same thing, you know, maximize your calling, you know, don't be afraid to talk about the gospel, you know, even though I'm afraid of it still sometimes, and there's still things that I need to learn, you know, wear, wear your religion on your sleeve in the most appropriate way, be accepting of others, but don't be afraid to you know, stand alone and be that witness of Jesus Christ. You know, I loved, um, I love, um, you know, President Monson's talk, you know, that's, you know, dare to stand alone, dare to be a Mormon, you know, obviously we don't call ourselves Mormons anymore. We're, we're members of the church, members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but that truth will forever ring strong in my head, you know, dare to stand alone and, you know, dare to be a member of the church. So you know, go out and labor, seek to build up Zion. And a lot of those mazes and challenges are going to seem a lot more um, easy to navigate. And I, I definitely believe that. And I think for a fact that Heavenly Father is mindful. Um, I know for a fact that he's mindful of me and recognizes my efforts and that he's going to, you know, help me along my journey. And then the other challenge that I gave you earlier this week was to do an act of kindness, um, an intentional act of kindness for someone. Um, I still have not done it yet, but I have not forgot about it. And you have tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday to do that. So hopefully you can go out and do that. Um, I love you all so much. I hope that you enjoyed some of these stories. I would love to uh, tell more. So if you're listening to this and you want to hear more stories and miracles from Louisiana and um, from that trip, I would love to share. And um, Again, thank you to, you know, my uncle and some other family that made it possible. And, you know, thank you for my old work that made it possible. And also my mom for helping talk me into it. I love you all so much. I'm so excited for my call to come Tuesday. And I'm so excited to keep you all updated. And this is one of my favorite things to do. 
So I love you all so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Conversion Everyday podcast and have an amazing Friday night.